I want to read you a verse, and it's actually um, the, it, it's the previous verses to the verse that we've based this root killer series off of, which comes out of Proverbs chapter 4. And I've been reading verse 23, but I want to read to you starting from verse 20 to verse 23. I'm going to read this out of the uh, Passion Translation. But it says, listen carefully, my dear children, to every... Hello. I know what that was. It said, listen carefully, my dear children, to everything that I teach you. It says, and pay a, uh, attention to all that I have to say. So it's like, hey, pay attention, you know. So listen, he says, verse 21 says, fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit, into your heart. So in other words, focus on my word, meditate, think about them. Why? So they get down into your heart. Here, there's a reason. It says, then as you unwrap my words, which I, I like that translation because it says, because how many of you know you can read a scripture a hundred times and not catch it? And then that 101, it's just like something like, bink, there it goes. It's like, oh, I never understood that. And so it says, as you unwrap my words until they penetrate deep, or it says, I'm sorry. It says, you unwrap my words and they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. Now, I've been calling this series Root Killers, but really all we've been doing is looking at God's word. And when we will meditate upon God's word, it produces in our life. It says here that when we will unwrap God's word, it will impart true life and even radiant health into the very core of our, in other words, healing. Spirit, soul, body, God desires that we, what, be healed and whole. And then it goes in verse 23 and it says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart for, the effect, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being for from them flows the wellspring of life. And so my translation of that verse 23 is watch over and guard your heart because your heart, the condition of your heart, it actually determines your destiny. So this last eight weeks that we've been going through, what I've been doing is like this is a heart checkup. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a little moment where my heart would just, my, 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 my heart rate would spike and it would dry, you know, and so I had to go get a checkup. I'm like any other man. I didn't want to go. And everybody's like, you need to go. You need to go. And, you know, and all these things were going on. And, and, and really that's, you know, but it's, and it was good that I went because I found out that I needed to change some things in my diet because they were affecting my heart, you know. And so there were some decisions that I had to make. Well, over the last seven, eight weeks, we've all had some decisions to make because I believe the Holy Spirit has highlighted some things that are affecting our hearts and if we don't do something about them, they, it will have adverse effects. But here's the good news. And it's exactly what it says here. If we will what? If we will unpack God's word, it will impart life to us and radiant health unto our life. And this is God's plan for every one of us. Is it what, we, not just that we got saved, like, hey, I'm not going to hell. I got my get out of hell free card stamped. Like, that's awesome. That is awesome, but that's not where salvation ends. God has so much more that he wants to do in us. And so I want to share something with you, and I don't say this nearly enough, and you're probably going to hear more about it. You're definitely going to start seeing it more on the walls around here. But this is our prayer for every single person that, that this is your church. So if you want to know what am I praying for, it's four things. It's real simple. It's not complicated. Number one, I want you to know God. And I mean, like, not just know about God. I mean, know God. 
personally. I want you to find freedom. Whether you realize it or not, the last eight weeks have actually been about finding freedom. Now, that's not why I did this series, but that's why I say the Holy Spirit's a genius. But we want you to what? To not be bound by the work of the enemy. That the devil has a plan to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Whether that be in the natural, whether that be in your soul, in your mind, he has a plan, and we want you to get free of that plan. And that's what we've been talking about. The next thing is we want you to discover your purpose. You have a redemptive calling. In other words, I'll say it this way. You didn't just get saved from sin. You got saved for something. I mean, I'm thankful that I got saved from sin. Yes, that's important. But it didn't stop there. I got saved for, because God had a what? A redemptive calling. That word redemptive simply means that he bought me back for a purpose. That's what, the, that's what the Bible says about us. When we come to Jesus, that we've been redeemed, we've been bought back. But God has a purpose, and it's more than just us going to heaven, although that is part of it. But it doesn't stop there. And the last thing is, is that we want to go make a difference. Practically make a difference. That may be sharing our faith with somebody. That may be just praying with a complete stranger. That may be doing a lot of things. It might be making some baskets for some teachers. Just to say, hey, we're thinking about you. We're praying for you. That's making a difference. This is our prayer for every single one of you. Because I believe every one of you has a purpose. But I also don't want to send you out weak to fulfill a purpose that you're not ready for. That's why, it's, that's why it's, you know God and you find some freedom. Then let's get to your purpose and now let's go make a difference. Why? Because you replicate who you are. It's just a principle. So if we have things in us that aren't what they need to be and we're trying to help somebody else in their life with the Lord, guess what? The same things that we're struggling with and the same things that we deal with, they're going to show up in those. So we want to make sure that our hearts are clean, that we're pure. That, and you know, we're always, this is a process. We're always dealing with things, but that's what this has been all about, is that the Lord has been preparing our hearts for what he has for us. And so... Now, this one here, I've intentionally left to the last one. I told you last week that I was going to preach to myself this morning, and y'all were going to get to come here. And uh, because this one is probably the hardest one for me personally, um, because I like to get stuff done. Any, any doers in the house? I mean, I got my checklist, and there's just something satisfying. I've got an app now, and it makes a little ding. It's like ding, and it just brings a smile to my face. I'm just like boom, 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 boom. You know, I love it, you know. And so because of that, though, I can, I can tend to struggle with slowing down sometimes or unplugging because I feel better when I get stuff done, so I think. And so there's some things that we need to consider and to look at from God's Word. And so I'm going to take you to the Old Testament in Exodus chapter 20. Today we're talking about busyness versus rest, but I'm going to talk about rest maybe in a different way than you think of it too because you can rest and not actually be refreshed. I'll talk about that later. But here in Exodus chapter 20, starting in verse 8. Now this is the Ten Commandments. So, I mean, you know, there's over 600 commandments in the Old Testament. These are the top ten list from God. And it says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. That word holy simply means set apart. It says you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. 
It says, this includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male, your female servants, your livestock, any of the foreigners living among you. For you have six days that the Lord made uh, the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he, being God, rested. Wait, I didn't think God got tired. He doesn't, but he's setting a pattern for us. Why? Because we do. And it says, this is why the Lord has blessed the Sabbath day. Now think about that. The Lord has blessed the Sabbath day. What happens if we don't keep the Sabbath? We don't get the blessing. The Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. And so what I believe happens many times is that we know at least the Ten Commandments. Thankfully, we don't have to memorize all 600 plus that they did under the old covenant. We think the 10 are hard enough. I mean, I just challenge you. Try to think of the 10 commandments. I bet you can't name all 10. I'm a preacher and it takes me a few minutes. I'm like, wait a second. Uh, I'm missing one. Which one am I missing? I can get about eight of them, seven, eight consistently. 10's a little harder. This is one that I typically forget, by the way. Just a little But what happens is is we would all say, well, are the Ten Commandments good? And we would all say, yes, oh, yeah, we're supposed to live our lives according to the Ten Commandments. Then why do we ignore one? Because in our culture, we're busy. I mean, we're going, we're rolling, man. Things are happening. And yet we constantly are just pushing. And, And I don't know if you noticed it, but it just seems like demands on our time are getting greater. And we're just being pressed more and more and more and more and more. And and so it's this whole idea and, and, and you can call it rest, but really the Bible calls it Sabbath, and it means to be set aside. But even more than that, it's a day of rest and recovery and refreshing. That's really what it's intended for. It's for rest, recovery, and refreshing. And that's for you spirit, soul, and body. If you don't know, you're a three-part being. The reality is, is that what you're looking at right now that, that you call me is not me. This is the Bible calls it a tent. It's just the outfit that I'm wearing for a time. That's what the Bible tells us. This is my flesh. When I die, my flesh, the Bible says, will return to dirt from which it came. But I have a soul, which is my mind, my will, my emotions. That's my soul. And I have a spirit, which is eternal. That's the real me. That's the real me. And I need, I need rest and recovery in all three of those. Sometimes I'm not, you ever been just mentally tired? I think, me personally, mental tired is harder than physical tired. It is. I, I mean, I, I, for me it is. I'd rather go outside and work in the sun and dig a hole all day long than to just sit there and have to crunch with my brain all day long. Why? Because it takes me days to recover mentally. Physically, I just go to sleep and get up and let's do this again. And so, but you can get, even, even in your spirit, you can become tired. That's where we begin to wane. The Bible talks about waning. In other words, we begin to let go of the things we were believing for. And I believe many times that, that we miss out on the blessing of God simply because we're not paying attention to the Sabbath. Now, you're like, well, what, is, what do you mean? I can't do anything on a Sabbath. This is what, this, let me help you with this. Whatever you do for a job, don't do that one day a week doesn't mean that you can't go do other things. It doesn't mean you just have to sit on the couch and not do anything and just be weird. That's not what it's saying. At all, that's not what it's saying. 
And I'm going to give you some specific things this morning, but it's important that we understand that this isn't like a suggestion. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested as a pattern for us to follow. It's a, it's a commandment that he gave us in uh, Exodus 31, uh, starting in verse 12. It says, the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. He said, tell the people of Israel, be careful to keep my Sabbath day. Be careful. Why? Because he knew he wouldn't. So be careful to keep my Sabbath day. And here's why it matters. For the Sabbath is a sign of covenant between me and you from generation to generation. It is given so that you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Verse 17, in the same chapter there, it says, It is a permanent sign of my covenant with my people Israel. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he stopped working and was refreshed. God refreshed himself. And if you really want to get, because I'm going to give you a little bit of theology real quick, okay? How did God create everything? He spoke it. So he, what? He, he, he released it, right? He, you can say it this way. Is it he breathed for six days, and on the seventh day he caught his breath. He caught his breath on the seventh day. He took a, a deep breath. He, 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 that's what he did. And so we are blessed when we, what, follow the Lord's commandment. But sometimes there are consequences too. And unfortunately, there are a lot of consequences. A lot of consequences. I mean, you think about the speed at which our world works and goes right now. We're, we're more busy. You can say, well, we're more productive than ever. Yeah, but we're also, we have sicknesses that we've never had in this world. Like, it's, 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 a, it's great that we have medicine. It's great for all those things because people got lots of problems today. I mean, even in their physical bodies. Why? Because we were never intended to run a marathon like it's a sprint. I used to run track and, you know, as a teenager. And I was not the fastest kid, so I didn't do like the 100, you know, the 100-yard dash. But I would do like the 400, the 800, the 1600. Here's why. Because whatever speed I started at, I could run until that last turn. And then I would leave everybody. See, that's planning. And, but what happens is many times we're trying to run a race sprinting. And we wonder why we burn out. We wonder why we just hit the bed and it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired I can't even go to sleep. Which is extremely frustrating. <laughs> Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm so tired, I can't sleep. You're like, just go to sleep. See, what happens, and this is what I believe happens in our culture right now, is that we have a lot of busyness, but we're not actually making progress. We're not actually accomplishing anything. We're just busy. We don't realize it. How much, I mean, turn the TV off and, like, turn your cell phone off and find out how much time you have all of a sudden. You know, I mean, and, and they're little things. It's not that they're bad. It's not that they're necessarily evil. But, man, you, you can lose a lot of time just by life. People calling you. You know, I, I just changed the setting on my phone this week, actually. Maybe it was in preparation for this message, but I'm trying to be better. And I set some parameters that between this time and this time, my phone will not go off. Now, if you text me in the middle of the night, it'll show up, but I'm not going to look at it until I wake up. But this is what I can tell you. I will not wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
because my phone will not go off. Why? Because it's a distraction. Well, it's also keeping me awake. Ding, ding. It's like crack. We're like addicts. If you don't believe me, put your phone in the kitchen, go sit in the living room, and let somebody text you or call you. It's like this unbelievable, I have to go check that thing. See, the reality is, is that most of us don't know it, but it actually, we get a hit of dopamine. Every, they've proven it. It's like a little, it's a little boost of adrenaline. <gasps> Somebody wants to talk to me. And it's like all of a sudden, you may not realize it, but your downtime is being interrupted constantly simply because your phone is just rolling. Got all these things. But see, what I think also happens is we say, well, I'm going to take a day off. I'm going to rest today. But we don't actually recover. We just veg out. I mean, if I veg out for a day, I feel like I need a day off from my day off. Because I feel worse. Why? Because I didn't actually replenish. I just did nothing. That's not what Sabbath is. What Sabbath is, is about doing the things and being with the people who recharge you. That refresh your heart. It's about doing things and being with people that recharge you. Now, this is different for every one of us. My wife likes to go shopping. I want to go get in a boat by myself and fish, me and the fish. That way, if I catch a fish, I can tell you how big it was. (laughs) It might have been that big, but it was that big, you know. No, but there's something about that. And she's like, you don't even like the heat. You want to go out there and sweat? I'm like, it's different. I want to go to the mountains. And breathe in the mountain air. And it's just like, oh, my heart slowed down. Why? It's about finding rest. Like real rest. See, I believe if we don't allow time for Sabbath, if we don't make this a priority in our life, illness will make Sabbath for us. Our bodies will just say, nope. Had it. Time out. And I don't know about you, I would rather sit on a boat and fish than I would to sit in a hospital. And it really is that simple. We make it very complicated. I don't, want, I don't want a doctor to tell me, you need to slow down. You need to take a break. You, you, you need a vacation. I know, and I ain't got time to take a vacation. I got too much going on. Then maybe you got too much going on. Again, I'm, I'm preaching to myself this morning. Just, just remember that. So if I'm sarcastic with you, it's because I'm sarcastic with myself. <laughs> Actually, I am, but. See, but it's because we can't violate this principle. It's not, it's not a law to us. We can make it a law. You're like, well, which day is the Sabbath? Whichever one works for you. I happen to work on Sundays. So Sunday is not my Sabbath. So. Again, it's not the letter of the law, it's the principle. You're like, well, that's Old Testament. Yeah, but the Bible says that the Old Testament is what has been fulfilled, and now it's not just written on tablets, it's written into our heart. The Old Testament didn't go away. The principles are still the principles. And so it's important that we understand these things in Matthew, I'm sorry, in Mark, chapter 2. 
Starting in verse 23, read you a couple verses. It says that one uh, Sabbath day, Jesus was walking through the grain fields and his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat, which was against the law. It says, but the Pharisees said to Jesus, look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? In verse 27, Jesus continues and he says to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people, not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. In other words, this is not a law. The Sabbath was actually created for us. God loved us enough to say, you need to stop. You need to take a moment. You need to catch your breath. Like, and I don't mean just like, well, I feel great today. That's not what I mean. I mean like in your soul. You need to find those things. Like I get on a snowboard Put in some music into my ears, and I don't want to talk to nobody. Leave me alone, and leave me alone with the mountains. And I'm telling you, I'll be exhausted physically, but my heart is so full. Unbelievably full. Why? Because that, it does something to my soul. It does something in me. And we all have these things that really refresh us, and, and sometimes they're people. I have one friend of mine that I called just to laugh. He called me the other day, and he's a, a, he's a, a minister. And he calls, and he, this, is, this is why I call him, except he called me. He's like, hello, Reverend Riles, this is so-and-so. He's like, I got some brand-new bound Bibles, and he just starts going off, talking about some kind of Amazonian glue that's the best. I mean, just for like five minutes. I'm dying laughing. It's hysterical. We could have hung up the phone and he already made my day better. I mean, why? Because and sometimes I call him, not because I need anything. Just I'm like, I just need to talk to you. You're, just a, you, you're funny. You make me laugh. Dara says sometimes I get giddy on the phone. <laughs> now, sometimes I just need to call a friend, talk to people, and, and not about anything. That's the thing. It's not about anything. But it refreshes me, and I know that. And there's some people that I don't call on those days. <laughs> Why? Because they are like a leech. They're just sucking the life out of me. And I'm like, mm-mm. I'm not going to stay on this, but some of those people, you, need to, you can love them, but you need to step away from them. Because they're not adding value to your life. As a matter of fact, they're robbing you of your life. Now, it's not that we do it cold or that we're ugly, but it's just like, hey, I need to create some distance. I love you, but I can't be this close to you. Now, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to help you with that, but it makes a big difference. Let me give you a couple of examples, and we'll, you'll all know these. Two specific businesses, and you can probably name them, that honor the Sabbath. I heard one already, Chick-fil-A. Hobby Lobby. They will not open on Sunday. Why? Because they just picked a day. There's nothing holy about Sunday necessarily. It is the day that we gather for church, and that's actually, I, I was at a thing one time and I got to hear David Green, the CEO of Hobby Lobby, and he talked about that. He said, We chose Sunday because we want our employees to have the ability to go to church with their family. That's why they chose Sunday. That was their whole reason. And yet, in business, they're like, dude, your, your, your numbers are ridiculous. If you, were, you know how much money you're losing 
by not being open on Sunday, I don't think they're hurting. They ain't hurting at all. They are kind of like the gold standard that everybody looks at, but yet nobody seems to get this Sabbath idea. Why? Because there's blessing with Sabbath. I would, this is my opinion, if they started opening their stores on Sundays, I believe their business would actually dip. I believe their finances would begin to change. But because they've not done those things, the Lord continues to bless them. It ain't just about the service at Chick-fil-A. It ain't about the chicken. It ain't the greatest chicken on the planet. I like it. There ain't nothing wrong with it, but I'm just saying. Their blessing is not in their process. The blessing is in the God behind the process. That's the difference. So we have to learn what? To be able to withdraw. And it's not that we can't do things. I mean, like, I'll give you another example, something for me, and this is dumb. I enjoy mowing grass. It's mindless. Like, get me on a tractor, let me go bush hog for a few hours. It's even better if it's an air-conditioned cab, but, you know, I can do it without it. But I've been spoiled, unfortunately, one time. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is why the farmers have these things. But, man, it does something for me. My brain just kicks off. It's just like I go into, like, neutral. Like, I ain't thinking about squat. I keep my line straight. That's all I care about. And it's crazy, but it refreshes my soul. And Derek's like, that makes no sense. And I'm like, I don't care. It works for me. You've got to find these things. And, it, it, you know, and even like the Pharisees, are, they always wanted to try to trap Jesus into, into things and sayings. And they're like, well, what if, a, you know, Jesus asked the question, he said, well, what if a donkey of yours gets caught in a hole? Would you not go rescue him? Yes, why? Because there's emergencies in life. It's not like, well, something happens. I'm on my Sabbath. (laughs) I cannot be bothered today. Again, it's not legalism. But it is life. It is life. There is blessing. So it's important that we realize this. You know, farmers actually do this. They, They use this a lot. They actually do it in what they call crop rotation where they allow the fields to lay barren for a year every seventh year. So the seventh year, it's called the Sabbath year. And even they've proven it agriculturally that if you'll let a, a field rest, it will produce better crops. But if you keep farming the same ground, the harvest actually begins to dip after the, six years consistent. Boom, 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 boom. That seventh year, it begins to taper and just continues tapering down until you allow it to rest. Again, God knows how the earth works, and guess what? He knows how we work. He knows how we work best. See, if we don't allow Sabbath, if we don't bring this rest, we will burn out. We will flame out. It's just a matter of time. So it's important. I mean, and again, I say this again, is that it's not law. It brings life. Second Corinthians Chapter 3, verse 6 says that the law brings death, but the Spirit brings life. So it's not about which day you take it, but you got to take it. You got to take it. I happen to be a lake person. I like to, I mean, like when, I, when me and Dare were last living in Shreveport, we had a house that was right up by the lake, and so my dad bought a pontoon boat. And to be quite honest, I was a little disappointed when he bought it. I was like, I want a ski boat. I don't want a pontoon boat. Pontoon boats are for old men. 
I became old real fast. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, this ain't half bad. And I just, going like five miles an hour, just, just, man, it was, I really enjoyed it. I got to where, man, why? I might go out for an hour or two. I lived right there, so it was real close. Why? Well, I just did something. I did something in my heart. You've got to find those things, those people, those activities. Just what refreshes you? Some of it for you may just be go to lunch with a friend. That could be Sabbath for you. For some of you moms, it might be get a babysitter. And my wife says, Amen. That might be a Sabbath for you. Like, well, I can't. We can't. We can't do this. We can't do that. You will be better if you will honor God's word. You will be better, and it will be better for you. And I believe not only that, there will be blessings that will come with it as well. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus gives a call, and he's really talking to people who don't know God, but yet there's a lot here that he speaks to. Matthew 11, verse 28 He kind of throws out this call and it says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? He says, come to me and get away with me. In other words, come find a Sabbath with me. He says, and you'll recover your life. You didn't lose it, but sometimes you do have to recover it. He says, I'll show you how to take a real rest. He says, walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. I love this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. As far as the way that it words it, it says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. God's grace in our life should never be forced. It should actually create ease in our life. He says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. So I would say this, if living for God is really challenging for you right now, it's because you're not doing it with God's grace. You're trying to do it with your own strength. And you've got to tap back into the grace of God. And Jesus here is saying, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I mean, just think about it. Did you ever see Jesus stressed out? There's not one time in Scripture that you see Jesus, like, lose his mind. Like, my bad, guys, I just need a day off. We don't see it. He was full of grace, and that's why he says, learn from me the the unforced rhythms of grace. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. He says, keep company with me, and you'll learn how to live freely and lightly. One of the things that Sabbath will bring you is perspective. It'll give you perspective because it's like the thing that, you know, because when you're already amped up, and then that little thing hits, and it's like the straw that broke the camel's back, all of a sudden that little insignificant thing is huge. But if you'll rest a little bit, you'll be like, I ain't losing my mind over that. It's just not even worth it. I don't, it puts you in a better, even mental frame. Give you an example that we can all understand. How many of you ever come back home from a vacation tired? Why? Because vacations aren't rest. Vacations are work that you pay for. Like, usually you go to work and somebody pays you. Vacations are you work and you pay. It's like, I remember a number of years ago, me and Dare were on vacation. We went with my family. And uh, I think it was day four or five before I relaxed. I was sitting on the porch. And it was like all of a sudden I could feel the tension just like, it took me four or five days 
I was there for seven. And then I was mad. Actually, I was there for six. And I, and I made the decision right there. I said, I will never waste a day of vacation again. And that's been a number of years ago. I will never waste another day. Because guess what? The problems that I had on Monday are going to be there on the next Monday anyways. They ain't going nowhere. So why should I give up what should be refreshing to me when the problem ain't going anywhere anyways? We have to have this time. It has to be a regular part of our lives. So I want to give you real quick four tanks. We all have four tanks. Last week I talked about four queens. This week I'm going to talk about four tanks. A little bit of a theme. I've already talked about really three of them, but I'm going to give them to you. And we're going to wrap up pretty quick with this. The first tank you, that you have is an emotional tank. You're like, well, I'm not emotional. You've got a tank for it. Absolutely you do. It's like my friend who I was talking about, acting like a Bible salesman. I'm rolling laughing. And I need to laugh. Why? Because my, my emotions can get the best of me. They can get the best of you. They can get the best of any of us. Proverbs 17.22 says that a joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both the body and the soul. It says, but those whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and despair or depression. You laugh, and it just does something. You just feel better. I like to laugh until my cheeks hurt. I don't do it often enough, but I remember um, a couple years ago, I went um, up to, I met up with a bunch of my friends, a bunch of my buddies, and I didn't really want to go on the trip, and I just had a lot on my plate, and I was just frustrated, and, you know, with things, and, you know, and I, we, me and Derek talked quite a bit, and I'm like, I just don't think I'm going to go. I don't want to spend the money. It's all this stuff, and I went. And the thing that I learned was how bad I needed to laugh. Like, it had been a while since I'd really, like, laughed till my cheeks hurt. And it was just hanging out with my friends, my peoples, you know. And we don't get to do it very often because we live all over the place. And we've tried to make it a point where, hey, we're going to try to get together at least once a year, all of us. Somewhere, we're going to try to get together. And this year, I had the decision, am I going to go or not? Because uh, I mean, we got a lot going on. There's a lot happening, all these things. I told Dara, I said, you know what? I need to go. I just need to go be with my, with my crew. I need to go hang out with my friends because I'm going to laugh. We're, I mean, you know, we'll have a great time together. But, and it's not a lot of time, but it's just there's something about why. Because I know it refreshes me. And I struggled with making the decision, the commitment that, yes, I'm going to do it. And I just told her, I said, no, I, if, I, it's good for me. I know it. I just need to commit to do it. So I had to do that. You know, Miss Brenda shared something this week on Facebook. And, uh, you know, and I thought it was interesting. I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I believe it is, or at least it's close. But it says that one minute of anger weakens your immune system for four to five hours. And one minute of laughter boosts your immune system for 24 hours. See, sometimes we just need to laugh. Why? Because we have an emotional tank. And laughter is an emotion. Man, we've got to fill that tank up. The other one is, or another one is a mental tank. Sometimes you've got to do something like mow the grass because you ain't got to think about it. The hardest thing about mowing is getting it to start, right? You get past that, let's do this. It may be like Dara. I mean, because I, I say that Dara likes to go shop. Dara don't like to buy nothing. I have to go with her to make her buy stuff. But she just wants to go walk. You know, I saw something a while back, and they talked about uh, a husband and wife, and they said that uh, the wife would say, I need to go to Walgreens because their slogan was the corner of happy and healthy. 
So it's kind of code word, like, I got to get away from these kids. I need to go to Walgreens, the corner of happy and healthy. And you might be in that space where you need that mental refill, right? You're going to need that. You need it. I need it. More than we want to realize, more than we want to admit, because we want to be strong and we want to be self-sufficient, and which we talked about that a few weeks ago. No, we, we need to have some time. You have a physical tank. That's the easiest one to fill up. The physical tank, you just need to rest. You need to give your body time to, to recharge. The fourth one is your spiritual tank. You have a spiritual tank. And really, that's the most important one. We talked about this even last week. But, and the only way to really refill that tank is what we've done this morning. How many of you enjoyed the worship this morning? Just that moment of, of praise. Why? Because what are you doing? You're, you're refilling that tank. When you pray, you're filling up that tank. The Bible talks about that. That even the act of prayer, just taking a moment just to acknowledge, God, I'm not in this by myself. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. I'm not in this by myself. God is with me. Not only is he with me, but he's also for me. So, God, I thank you, man. Your grace is enough for me to handle whatever's coming today. Even in the things that I didn't see coming, God, your grace is enough for me. So here's my question for you, and this is, something I, this is your homework. Because this is important. These are questions that you've got to answer. So number one is, what replenishes you? What do you do that just does something in your soul? For my wife, it would be, go lay on the beach and lay on the beach. And lay on the beach. Come in and get some water and go lay on the beach. That's her thing, right? But you got to figure out what replenishes you. The next thing you need to find out is who replenishes you. What replenishes you? Who replenishes you? Because those are important because you need to be around the right people. Now, here's a third question, and it's equally as important as the first two. And they're the same, but the, the ending's different. Who and what drain you? Those are things you stay away from on Sabbath. Those are phone calls that you just send a voicemail in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, not today, Satan, you know. Like, just, so you've got to find out who and what drains you because different things fill different tanks. They're not all the same. It's not like, well, if I can just get a break, all four of my tanks. No, you got to do different things to fill each tank. And the reality is, if, we're, if any of these tanks get low, we're in trouble. We're close to burnout. And this isn't anything that I've mastered. Far from it. Far from it. That's why the Lord sent me my wife to say, stop it. Why are you talking to them? Why are you doing this? Why are you going? Why did you commit to this? So if I want to listen to the Holy Spirit, she starts talking to me, you know. It's one of them kind of deals. See, we've got to find what works for us. You've got to find what works for you and prioritize it. You've just got to make a priority of it. And here's the thing. Men, I'm going to help you out. Fishing might actually glorify God for you.
Some of you that are at the beach, sitting on the beach, soaking up all that sun, might actually be like an act of worship unto God. Amen. Why? Because it's Sabbath. Because it's Sabbath. Because I'm honoring God by saying, you know what, God, I've got six days to figure all this stuff out. I ain't doing a very good job anyway, so I'm just going to take the seventh day off and trust that you're going to help me. And guess what? I believe if you'll honor God on the seventh day, your six days will actually get less complicated. And you'll be, better, uh, you'll be in a better place to deal with the six days. If you'll take that seventh day and just say, nope, I'm going to be in the places, doing the things that replenish me, and I'm going to be with the people. And again, it may not be physically. You may have to get on and just a phone call. It, it may just be whatever it may be. Some of you enjoy reading. I wish I did. Reading's a discipline for me. Some of you, you, your dream day is just to go read. Like about what? You're like, it don't even matter. I just like reading. That might be your thing. But find those things. Why? Because they produce life. They produce life. Proverbs chapter 4, what? If you will, what? Unpack my words, unwrap my words, they will produce life in you, and they will be healing even unto your flesh. If you will unpack Sabbath, it will be life unto you, and it will bring healing unto your flesh, unto your body. This is what Sabbath is all about. It's not about law. It's not about that I have to. It's not I need to. And sometimes I think we struggle with that. Because it seems so selfish to say, I need this. But if the Holy Spirit is telling you, you need that, and you don't do that, it's actually rebellion. Which is, I mean, I say things like that, and I'm like, well, dang. I want to make sure I'm doing what the Lord's telling me. And you may be here this morning, you say, man, I don't have a clue what I would do. Begin to ask the Holy Spirit. He knows you better than you know you. He knows every intimate detail of your life. Just say, Holy Spirit, what do I need to do to catch my breath? Because we spend a lot of time exhaling. We need to start inhaling the life of God, the grace of God in our life so that we can be better. This is God's desire. It's not so that we can be stressed to the max. No, he said, I've come that you would have life and have it to the fullest measure. The fullest measure. But we got to do it his way.